The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft tobacco. The after show, the after show, the after show, the after show. It's the after show. Immediately following the show is the after show. And then we put it out there on Wednesday so that Skip Martin can do his advertising and make us stay an extra 15, 20 minutes, uh, however long this thing lasts. This one could go long. This show is about talking shit about me. Happy anniversary, Dave. You're fat, old, and what? Uh, you wear glasses. No, and none of those things. In, uh... But this is making you very happy to do this show. We have a whole show on one person's email. I got other emails if we get through this, but I think I think you're going to take exception to some things that he says. I take exception on it right away. And is this somebody I know? Uh, not that I'm aware. All right, who is it? His name is Michael, and he writes to us through the contact us page of the Cigar Authority. Do we know where he's from? He's from. Nope, he does not say. He doesn't say. All right, because he's not saying it to my face. It's okay. All right, Michael. David. Michael. I was really disappointed to hear your spiel on this past Saturday show where you berated your listeners to buy cigars at brick and mortars only. My first and foremost responsibility. During, during a covert thing where the brick and mortar retailers are, are hurting. They're suffering it. They're suffering. Bleeding out. I'm asking. I'm not berating you to do it. I'm employing you to please support your brick and mortar when they need it the most. So you got a place to go to after because some of them aren't going to survive. Go ahead. My first and foremost responsibility is to provide for my wife and children. I have an 11-month-old son and a three-year-old daughter. The last thing I need to do right now is spend 20 30 or sometimes $40 more on a box of cigars because it helps my local shop owner, who, by the way, probably has a shit ton more money than I do. Ah, okay, let's hold off on that. Um, so first off, you weren't telling people who that they have to buy cigars. If no, no, Do you have to say, if you plan to buy cigars, then please... Support your local brick and mortar. Right. And I didn't tell anybody to spend more money than they wanted to spend. No. So you can spend as much as you want. Somebody comes into us and they say, I need a box of cigars. What's your budget? What do you want to spend on that? Happens I to want me. to spend $150. Okay. We're going to spend $150. <laughs> well, here's a box of cigars that's normally $150 online, but we charge $200. No. Here's a $150 box of cigars. First, we're going to try to figure out the right thing for you, and then we're going to give you something that's probably better than that piece of shit you were going to buy. Who knows? If, if this is the show where he's going to do it, I'm going to interrupt you on, fine. on every single I'll, I'll thing. I'll just make notes but, where I am. All right. <laughs> I called one of my local brick and mortars today and asked them how much a particular box would cost. They quoted me $30 more versus what I could spend online. 
Do you know how I can? Do you know I can feed my children for a week on thirty dollars? Wow, your poor children! Thirty dollars a week is what they get for their food food allowance, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. How many children? S children. Uh, do you have that? His two right? children. Two children. So it's fifteen dollars per child. <laughs> well, they're small. The they're week. three and eleven. They don't eat a lot. That's that's reasonable. Um, no, you say I want to spend. $150 on a box of cigars. This is what I normally smoke. What can I, what can you, what can you, well, what do you have there? Because we have a lot of different cigars than has online, and online has a whole bunch of different cigars than they have in the store, or they should. And don't fall for the, oh, this is the seconds game. Oh, because don't fall for that bullshit. There's no such thing as a Rocky Patel second. There is no such thing as a Perdomo second. In their factories, when a cigar doesn't pass the sniff test, they put it on the draw machine, it doesn't work, that cigar goes back to the roller, the roller meets with their supervisor, they destroy the cigar and show the roller where they went wrong, and they remake the cigar using as much of those materials as they can, because nothing goes to waste. Those cigars yeah. that look like they're a great deal online are not the cigars that you're getting from a brick and mortar, who buys directly from Nick Perdomo. That's the only way you get Perdomo cigars. And so that some people even understand, sometimes you're buying Brand X, and you think Brand X is, his name is on it, it's Brand X's cigar, where it's not. Brand X sold some cigar bands yes. mm-hmm. to the online discounter that's there so that they can make cigars because they own their own factories. They make their own cigars using that name. I think it is the most stupid thing for a manufacturer to ever do that, to give somebody your trademark, your name of your brand, and allow somebody to make some piece of shit product out of that product using your name. Because what they do, they're in competition with the other manufacturers. And what they do at that point is they make a crappy cigar, put their band on it, make a profit on it, and hurt the brand, the entire and brand only name. charge $30 less. It's, they're making a cigar for 50 cents, and they're, they're only charging $30 less. You're getting ripped off. Yeah. Now, if you, if you say brand X to brand X, the exact same thing, which you may be making the argument now as you're hearing me say this, you say, no, a brand such and such, Toro, in a box of thing, the exact same thing of it. Yes, the guy's going to take use it as a loss leader to try to get a hold of you, to try to take the customer away from the brick and mortar store, to put him out of business because it's the ultimate goal for them to end up doing that. That's the win-win situation. Hurt the manufacturer, hurt the brick and mortar store, and get you at the same time. That's a complete win for them as it's happening. I'm asking you as the cigar smoker to support your brick and mortar retailer, which I know you go to. You buy some cigars when you go there, and if and if and if you're buying in between or something more than ever, please support your brick and mortar. Is what I'm trying to say here, and I know you hear me loud and clear, but everybody looks for. It's like when I say, "Don't ever smoke a cigar you got from somewhere else in your brick and mortar store. Don't ever do it." And then a million arguments of, "What if it was a Cuban cigar? What if somebody gave it to me? What if this? What if nothing? Don't do it." Period. Don't do it. That's it. Don't try to find the the loophole around this kind of behavior is allowed. You're not saying that, though. You're saying just, I don't want to buy cigars from the brick-and-mortar retailer. When the brick-and-mortar retailer goes under, you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. Not to mention, it does look like online cigar sales are in serious jeopardy right now. 
the brick and mortar guy goes out of business. You can't buy cigars in your state. Right. Yeah, it's just a matter of time before online sales are gone. Yeah. Support your brick and mortar retail. And I know people go, oh, that's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah, we weren't going to lose our cigar smoking rights either. That's happening. Yeah, and, and you're not my brick and mortar retailer, Michael, whoever you are, wherever you are. Um, but I would want you to support me if you were the guy living around the corner from me. There's a cigar shop around the corner from you. You're worrying about feeding your family, right? You're worried about... And, and I'm supposed to worry that you're feeding your family. And I am worried. I want you to be able to feed your family and give your kids more than $15 a week as a food allowance. What can I do to help you? I don't know what business you're in, but let's say you're a, a carpenter. Maybe the brick-and-mortar retailer would hire you as a carpenter. This is part of the local economy that ends up happening. And you will suffer or survive through that also when you end up doing that. Some of these big online giants, just so you know are out-of-the-country companies. They're not even U.S. entities at all. The money that you give them just goes out of the country and it's gone forever, that's it. Where when you put money into your economy, it ends up coming and flowing back to you some way. Maybe in taxation, that that brick-and-mortar pays taxes into your town, into your state, and it ends up and going to... your kids to, end up with a new swing set at the school. Or they get to go to school and they have paper at the school and they have something that they have there after school freaking things or whatever. You got to understand that that $30, it's not $30 out of you. It's contributing into your local economy. Long before this country had online retailers, people had to buy all of their customer staple, consumer staples from local stores and shops. These shop owners knew their customers didn't have a lot of options when it came to the items they purchased. Shop owners throughout the country were making a ton of money while middle and lower income families struggle to pay bills and buy things for their families. Okay, stop there. These are middle, low income people that own these shops. Who, who do you think we are? This is this is big tobacco. These are a guy that owns a cigar shop. You can't get any smaller than that. We have a a product of a cigar, that's it. And making ends meet. And especially at a time like this where we're closed to the public of coming in here, these guys are going to go bankrupt. That's how they're poorer than you, that they can't make ends meet. And you don't want to help them? That says a lot about you, Michael. Your local economy directly affects your way of living. Of course. You small town, middle, you know, Main Street America goes out of business. All of a sudden, the town you live in is now struggling Every day. Am then I a, supposed to be making the argument to this? You're, you're, you're doing just fine. All right. Uh, then a store out of Arkansas, Walmart, started popping up all over the place and putting local stores out of business. However, consumers could finally buy products at a lower price. For the first time in this country's history, local stores who are making money hand over fist. Hand over fist. You, were you, you put, believe this. Were put in check by Walmart. Today, we've seen a resurgence of locally owned stores. And this has occurred because there's a class of people that don't like shopping at Walmart and local stores can and do provide services that Walmart cannot. Now, I'm going to take this one. Uh, Walmart started their business model buying cheap shit out of China. That's so not how they started. They were all American, I think, at the beginning. Well, everybody so. was all American. Yeah. But as soon as Walmart could jump ship and find something cheaper in, in China, they absolutely did. The mom and pop stores are still buying American made. There's no way this guy, Michael is a self-employed guy because he has a different belief of what it what it is out there. When we moved to, we just did a show on the uh, 
about Two Guys Smoke Shop and how I started. When I got to New Hampshire 10 years into it, 10 years into it, me and my brother were coming up here with a, UP, uh, a U-Haul. 10 years, three different stores that we end up having. So we're killing it, right? We got three stores. Moved out of the state and came up here. My brother the night before said to me, that day as we're driving, he said, last night I calculated how much we made the past 10 years. Do you know we could have worked at McDonald's for minimum wage and made more money than we have already? 10 years into it. You, it's a sacrifice that somebody ends up being a shopkeeper, and they do it because they're passionate about whatever it is, and they're providing a service and trying to build a business. For the most part, a lot of times, the person that worked for me made more money than I did. That when it was time for somebody to get paid, and this has happened the past 40 days, my employees got paid, and I didn't get paid. They have to be paid first and foremost because I'm running a business and, and they are the most important thing that I have to provide for them. The bills have to be paid and the last person to get paid is me. When things are going great, believe me, take nothing away from me that I am getting a lot of money. I'm getting the fruits of my labor and what I ended up sacrificing. But these little, when, especially when it comes down to a cigar shop. And I may be the largest cigar shop in the country, highest volume, or whatever. So I'm at the very, very top of the heap of it. The most brick-and-mortar retailers do is provide a job for themselves, sometimes being far less than the person they're, that they're working for. They're making less money than the reps that come in right. prov uh, selling them product. I have to talk to sales reps often, and I'm asked by manufacturers to talk to their sales rep, and I tell them I want to explain the mindset of a brick-and-mortar shop owner and what we have to do with the marketing department, with the accounts payable, accounts receivable, the payroll department. We are the inventory management. We are where everything, the bottle washer, the toilet bowl cleaner, when something breaks down with a repairman, it's everything that these guys have to do. And you, for some reason, you believe this hand over fist that they're making all this money and you, the poor guy, are making nothing. You only get your paycheck. You've chosen just to get your paycheck and they've cho chosen into maybe someday There's making it. There's an awful it. lot of risk for an awful long time before and most the money rolls fail. in. My, my, my own DJ company, I, I had to give it up because I, I just wasn't making it. I had to take this job. Yeah, most businesses fail. And not because of lack of hard work and stuff. A lot of times it's that the consumer chooses the easier road, the small, let me save $30 on this box of cigars. Box of cigars is going to last you two friggin' weeks. It's $15 a week is what it's doing. And you're hurting the local economy because you're trying to save $30. And you don't even have to save $30. Give them the budget of what that is, and they're going to find a product maybe better than the product you're doing. Because that's a, some of our magic that we try to do as brick-and-mortar retailers. Somebody comes in. They like Brand X. They don't want to spend that much money because well, that's Brand how much X price went up in January. So yeah. okay, now they've priced themselves out of my budget. I need you to find me another cigar that's like this, that's less money, and I am. That's a, it's I'm our not job. A thousand, to, but it's our job to find the right product for you at the right price, and and that's the that is the customer service that's provided through brick and mortar. What happens when you buy the thing online? If you call it in online. 
it may be a whole different thing that you're asking for this and the hook is in there for the loss leader and they're trying to sell you on top of it. Don't tell me it doesn't happen because I know how it operates, right. it's, uh, that it operates there, yet you don't hear it. when. Listen, I do both. I'm a, I'm a brick-and-mortar retailer and we have an online presence, but I am very brick-and-mortar-centric that that's the idea of it. And I operate the, br- the online like I operate the brick and mortar. And that's why I'm probably not as successful as I should be when it comes to online sales because I'm not doing that. I'm not trying to take away. I'm trying to provide something that maybe the brick and mortar doesn't do. If your argument was my brick and mortar retailer does not provide me any service, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that, and he's more money than me, now you got something to, to say, but you haven't said that yet. Do you know the closest store to me is run by some grumpy old ass guy who doesn't even doesn't have any type of humidification device in his store and turns off his air at night? I live in southern Florida and his cigars suck. Okay, now you got the argument there that the guy is not he's a bad he, retailer. He's a bad retailer. He's not providing good service to it. You're in southern Florida. There's more cigar shops in southern Florida than there's anywhere else in the in the world. I bet. So there's plenty of them around there. You find a good one, that guy ain't going to last if that's the way he's operating anyway because he's got a lot of competition. And you say he's a grumpy old guy. He's grumpy because he don't have any freaking money because he doesn't have any freaking money is why he's grumpy and he's running a bad, poor operation. So he's not going to last through it anyway of it of it happening. I don't blame you for not doing business with somebody that has bad humidification and is grumpy and is not providing service to you. So you're 100% right when it comes to that. How about from now on, you reach out to brick and mortars and tell them to get their shit in line if they want to stay in business? Absolutely. I have one last point. I should write a book about it. Oh, oh wait. Oh, I did. did. I did. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many seminars I've done. Shameless plug. And speaking at conventions and things like that to people in my industry and other industries because you got to get your shit together if you want to succeed in business. You have to provide service. You have to do, take care of the products. The workmanship that go into making the product and the work that they do. And, and for a retailer, shame on them for, for uh, not humidifying the, the uh, cigars properly, not air conditioning the product in the hot temperatures. It's unacceptable. You're a thousand percent right when it comes to that. I have one last point. Without answering the first question, I want you to think about how much money you have in your bank account. Do you have more than most of your customers? What about more than most on- online retail customers? It is also obvious you're a good businessman, and I'm glad you made your money in your career. I'm sure you've busted your ass throughout your career to provide for your family. I'm not a business owner, but I'm a father and a husband. I really like cigars, but I don't need cigars. If cigars went away, I would still have my family. Nobody needs cigars. It It is a luxury. It It sounds like he's suggesting you should look at your bank account and give out free cigars to people who have less than you. No. (laughs) No. And I'm not ashamed of everything that I do. During this COVID-19 thing, you probably didn't have to work during this thing. I had to. I went in every day besides Easter Sunday. Every single day. Every day. Didn't miss one day. That's it. I parked the furthest away from the building. I do everything I can to provide for my family along with everything I do uh, for, my, employees. For, for my employees. Every single thing I can do, I buy locally. Every chance I possibly can, I buy local to support the economy around me. And I hope that they do the same. And I wear my Two Guys Smoke Shop shirt proudly when I go into those stores. And they see and say, oh, you work at Two Guys Smoke Shop? Yes, I do. If they say, do you own it? Yes, I do. 
because I do both. I do both, and I made less than my employees before, and now I make more than them now, and my bank account is, is doing good. Thank you. I'm proud of it. I'm not ashamed of it. People have turned against rich people. No, but see, you're, you're and I, I kind of know where you're going with that, but mo- the most important thing about you is when this happened, you didn't say, how do we save the business? You didn't say, how do we save the building? You said, how do we make sure our employees get paid? That's the number one. It's the number one thing I have to do. And you did that. So, and this guy is, uh, they are, I don't think he needs it as bad em- as it's coming across. But Whoever his employer is, is the same. That first and foremost, the company's bleeding out. You either get rid of the people and your company goes under because you need people to survive. I can't do it by myself. I need every person that I have. Or you, I go bankrupt trying to, to save the sinking ship that I, that I can't do. Don't hate on people that are doing better than you. Learn from them and maybe you get better yourself as you end up learning from somebody who's doing better than you. I didn't do this by myself. I learned from a lot of more successful people than me. I don't hate on more successful people. I idolize them. How do they do it? Dirtbag rich people or something that did it by fucking somebody over or something is a different story. Or a lucky person that did it because they hit the lottery is a different person. Somebody that grinded it and ended up making it, idolize them, look into them, see what ended up happening and improve your life so that $30 isn't going to make a difference whether your kid eats or not. Maybe there's something wrong you're doing if that $30 makes all the difference in the world whether you do it or not on a box of cigars that you don't need. Certainly, if you need to feed your kids, you don't smoke cigars. You don't do it. You You don't buy the $30 one cheaper. You just don't do it. What else? Michael sums things up with, I'm sorry I'm providing criticism because I really like your show. You provide a service that I can't get elsewhere. And it's free. That's why I listen to your show (laughs) Because it's free. Now, if I charge you a dollar to watch the show, maybe you wouldn't watch the show because you don't feel like it's valuable enough to give me the dollar. You don't feel like your brick and mortar store. Maybe it's not. In your case, when, you, when you're saying what you're saying about it at the, at the end here, uh, maybe it's not worth the extra $30. But I'll tell you if, you, if you were a customer of Two Guys Smoke Shop, I would really be pressuring you to see the value, the $30 value that Two Guys Smoke Shop provides for you. They have it in stock, everything that goes into it and stuff. Don't, don't be hating on um, brick and mortar as, as a whole. If you have an individual brick and mortar store, you have one shitty retailer and if it what you're saying i don't know the retailer that's there but let's let's say that you're telling the truth that this guy's bad find another retailer i always say you go into a retail shop and the temperature is very hot inside that shop find another retailer as soon as you walk in the door just feel the temperature of this of it if it's too hot inside there these things don't do well in the heat they don't it's very very bad for a cigar to get over 75 degrees temperature it's very bad the guy shuts the heat the thing off doesn't humidify it forget it absolutely true but you're in southern florida so a lot of good brick and mortar retailers would love you to sell you your box of cigars whatever dollar amount that is sell you a box of cigars and you'll make a friend and you'll be helping somebody out, including yourself in the long run. Believe me, these things go around. I wish my local brick and mortar would run their stores like you run yours. I wish they would too. And I got to say, through this whole thing, the one thing I was worried about is not being able to get product. And 
Not that we haven't been able to get product because we've been out of some sizes, but people have been very understanding of that where, listen, we don't have the Robusto, but we have the Toro. Is that okay? It's still your brand that you like. Yeah, yeah, I'll take I'll take the Toro this time. So where some customers go into the humidor themselves because they want to shop around and yep. look at it, I wonder if it if it was happening that the guy was looking for the Robusto and he doesn't see it and he bought the Toro and never said anything and now we know that we need more Robustos that we didn't know because this was an opportunity to see where we were lacking at this point that we saw more out of stocks than we ever did because we didn't know they were out of stock because nobody said I'll have a box of Robustos sure so uh, if any of our customers are, are listening in I would like to know the bad always right and, I, and I, Michael, I want to hear it from you. If you had uh, something there that was based on me or whatever, I want to hear the bad so I can improve it. Somebody that, that, that doesn't say it to me isn't helping. Uh, I want criticism, and I thank you for, for criticizing what you heard on there, and I hope the answers that I gave you back is uh, make sense to you. Um, again, not knowing who your retailer is and that he, that he is doing the wrong thing. Uh, shame on him, and he should get better. And uh, tell him to listen to the Cigar Authority every once in a while and uh, step up his game because uh, he's going to go He's going to go under. A lot of retailers are going out of business in 2020, more than ever, across the board in every aspect of it. The strong will survive. The weak are going to go down. The cream rises to the top. I mentioned this in another show. We saw this um, during the end of the cigar boom. We saw it in 2008 with the economy drop. S-chip that ended up happening. We're going to see it all again. So retailers, if you're listening, time to step it up right now. Do you have a game plan? The stores are going to open soon. Are you coming in the same way you did or are you coming in better? I hope we're coming in better. I think we are. And uh, every retailer needs to do that. Michael, thank you for that. I hope I wasn't too brash on you for responding, but I'm uh, uh, right to my heart on, on those uh, questions for sure. Uh, that's it for the after show. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to dig into some meat with uh, Mr. Jonathan Carney. And uh, we'll see what he has to say. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk to him about uh, how this has changed La Florida Minicana in a big way. And lots of other companies there. So catch you next time. And uh, stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.